cliffcentral.com. Hello and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Books Unpacked with Super Lead. We are here at Cliff Central Studios and for this show we are sponsored by Holland Life Solutions. So consider this. Have you ever wanted to read more business and leadership books but you simply just don't have the time to get to it? Imagine you could read a book a week. How awesome will that be? A lot of us have these demanding jobs and countless responsibilities, so our bookshelves end up with more books we intend to read than those we have actually read. My name is Mandaj Flaro. I'm the CEO at Superlead, which is a strategy consulting and leadership coaching organization. And on this show, we deep dive into a leadership topic anchored in one book, which we feature per episode, and we share actionable insights to advance your leadership excellence. And here on studio, I'm joined by my co-host, Ngobile Ngobo, who is a director at Alpha International. Ngobile, welcome back. Hi. Yeah. It's good to be back. <laughs> it's been yes. a long time. I've missed, I've missed unpacking books. <laughs> yes, and you've been traveling the world and one day you're in, in Canada and the next moment you're in the UK <laughs> and, uh, and you're back to Mzansi. Yeah, there's no place like home though. Absolutely. So happy to be back. Happy to be back. Fantastic. So today we're doing a part, the second part of the book we started uh, last week. Mm-hmm. And um, we are kind of intrigued by this idea that, that which says sort of imagine waking up every single morning, feeling super inspired, excited to go to work and return home super fulfilled um, and just invigorated and ready to go back to work mm. the following day. Imagine that even on a Friday. Yeah, I think that's really exciting <laughs> to not get sad, you know, at 12 o'clock on a Sunday when it's like, you realize tomorrow's Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think, uh, I think most of our listeners, I wonder on the scale from one to 10, you know, how excited are you to mm. go to work? Um, at, you say 12 o'clock on Sunday. Yeah, you know, when it starts hitting in the afternoon, yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. that the weekend is almost over. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be great to, to find out where you are uh, Maybe we Get need excited, to Baseline you know? this Yeah Anywho So we've got a fantastic book We've been unpacking And um, And do you want to Just kind of bring that For us Yes So unpacking The Infinite Game By Simon Sinek So you guys did part one Last week And so I'm glad I don't have homework this week I get, <laughs> I get to hear Everything about part one Because today we're doing Part two of the book So I, You know I'm the student That like It was like What is in the text And I just turned To that section so <laughs> you get to unpack part one for me. Catch us oh, up, Monday. This is hard. All right. So because I mean, part one was so good. I, I feel like I, you know, I want to redo part one. <laughs> um, really loved the the content from Simon Sinek. And as most people will know, Simon is just incredibly awesome. Really speaks with authority in this in this area of leadership. But specifically here, he kind of contrasts. Um, sort of the finite and infinite games. Mm-hmm. And uh, it builds a case that business is an infinite game. So we should learn sort of run the, li- the sort of the game of business as if it's a finite one, it's about winning the next quarter, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. When we do that, a lot of bad things happen. So I will sort of let you kind of encourage you to go listen to that whole 45 minutes or if not, if not more. But here are the five essential practices that he kind of say, all of these as a leader, you want to have all of them 
um, for you to sort of lead with an infinite mindset. And mm. I'll just run through these um, and then our listeners can go and also just um, listen to last week's show. Mm. But the first one is advance a just cause. Mm-hmm. Second one is building trusting teams. Third is study your worthy rival. Fourth mm. is prepare for existential flexibility. And the fifth one is demonstrate the courage to lead. Those are like mm. big, heavy, yeah. uh, heavy items, right? And what we then did was to say, you know, because there's just so much, and um, we unpacked just one, the first one, which is... <laughs> Which is uh, advanced just cause because there was just so much in there to unpack. Um, and then today we're going to do our best to sort of like, you know, pull the other four together. Um, but on the advancing the just cause, it was critical to note that as your organization, even for you as an individual or the team that you lead, um, you know, you have a just cause. If you have a statement that is for something that's on the affirmative and, and more on the optimistic side of things. Mm. Um, and, and we kind of give that a, a quick example around, you know, there are companies that are intended to eradicate poverty. Mm-hmm. So that's like against poverty, but if you change that framing and say we are about sort of increasing the number of families that are able to provide for themselves, you can go to work, do your bit, and maybe potentially you've impacted the world in a way that maybe one or two more families are able to provide for themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're fighting this battle against um, you know, something huge that, that you you know, like you wanna eradicate poverty, but you know, mm-hmm. you wake up is still there. But on the affirmative, it's like, this is what we are for rather than, you know, what we are against. Yeah, yeah. That's really great. So that's almost like, you know, it's something that is uh, achievable and manageable. You have the big vision, but yeah. this is how we can see improvement and growth and us fulfilling our mission over time. Absolutely. So that was one. Number two is like it must be uh, inclusive, which mm-hmm. is it must be open and everyone in the organization must feel like they're part of this. Mm. Usually you find these organizations that are very tech driven and then the, the, the mission is all about the, you know, the next version of the app and, and you know, like you're an accountant, you're like, so how do I feature you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> kind of thing. So it must be inclusive. And my favorite, oh, must, yeah, I guess most of these are my favorite, but my favorite <laughs> is this idea of the, it must be service orientated mm. which means the per, the primary benefit beneficiary of what you offer should be the other rather than you mm. and like a quick example we made was um you know if you want to invest money right people will be like hey i want to invest money uh, primarily so i can get the returns mm. and mm. he's kind of arguing invest in that company so that it grows right mm. like you, the, the primary beneficiary of your investment must be about that company. Mm. And then if it's that, it's like that, then there's a good chance that it will grow. You will get higher returns. Mm-hmm. Last two is that it must be resilient. You know, it must endure political, technological, cultural changes. And um, the last one, uh, I guess this is my ultimate favorite. It, it, <laughs> it must be idealistic, yes. like bold, bold. hairy, and ultimately <laughs> somewhat unachievable. So oh, that's what we awesome. sort of un- Unpacked like one at a time, mm. and we we devoted enough time to unpack those. You see why we had to do part, uh, two parts. Yes, yes. So that's exciting in terms of part one. So now for part two, what broadly, what do we want to focus on and unpack? So part two, we want to talk about the last. Um, you see, he said that 
if you want to lead with an infinite mindset, mm-hmm. which we built a case for why that's, that's the right way to do things. He, re- he said that there are five essential practices. Mm-hmm. We only touched one last week. Yes. Uh, so, so for <laughs> this part, we're going to do our best to touch all the other four. All the other four. Okay. So yeah. we're going to speed through, but it will make, I think, everyone excited to pick up the book and read it. Absolutely. So what is the, the sort of second of the five, but the first we're covering today? <laughs> <laughs> so the second of the five is building trusting teams. Yes. Uh, but before we get to that, also just to build additional case for those that are joining us, um, you kind Anna says this idea that in any game, there are always two currencies um, required to play the game. Mm-hmm. You've got will and you also have resources, yes. right? If you're going to go play any game, you need uh, some resources of some sort. If you're going to build a business, you need a resource, some resource or sort. So resources are largely tangible. You can measure them, you know, largely come in the form of money or money facilitates some form of, of that. Um, and um and resources generally come from sort of the outside sources uh like investors or, or customers or you know friends and and fools and everyone else so you do need some resources and we know what all of that that is yeah. the second thing that's less spoken about is that you the second thing is the will mm-hmm. and the will is this sort of intangible harder to measure Kind of component, like if your team is to win, for instance, you know you want you want you want the team to have that inner. We want to do this motivation, yeah, yeah, the the motivation, the the inner feeling to wanna the the inner feeling, the motivation, the inspiration, the commitment, that desire mm-hmm. to engage and and desire to kind of give the discretionary effort, mm-hmm. and and is kind of saying. When you lead with this infinite uh, mindset, not only do you have the resources, but you get the will. You get that additional discretionary effort. Mm. Most managers are leading teams um, and people are just kind of come do the work and it's transactional. They don't get that discretionary effort. And that's the... In fact, the, the, the competitive advantage for you as a leader, if you lead differently. Mm-hmm. And then he says, will, rep- will represents the sum of all the human elements that contribute to yeah. the health of the organization. So the morale, the, the desire to engage, the commitment, the effort. Yeah. And without, without that additional will, you know, and you, you, you know, you settle back to politics and all kinds of things and, you know, um, high turnover and that's costly, mm. uh, because people are not, are not, are not excited to be here. Uh, as we said at the top of the show, we are wanting to figure out if it's possible for people to come to work excited mm. on a Sunday Mm-mm. and go back home super fulfilled. And what we want to kind of say, and maybe as a question to you as a leader, as you lead a team, our listener is, are the people you lead incredibly excited mm. on Sunday? You said 12 PM <laughs> <laughs> to go to work on Monday. Yeah. And yeah. more so, are they even still excited to be doing work on a Friday? You mean Friday morning? <laughs> <laughs> Just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, just yeah. a little bit longer than yeah, the morning. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 
No, no, like a Friday. But yeah, you, you like, have like as much passion you? and energy at the end of the week as you did at the beginning <laughs> of the week. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, but but Friday sort of five pm ish. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I think it's actually so. I think it's such an important point because I think uh, when we prioritize the resources and we don't, when we forget about that will, um, as you said, we can lead to having high turnover, which means that a team is never really settled. Yeah. Because there's constantly new people, new yeah. inductions, yeah. new learning, yeah, yeah, yeah. new people sort of figuring out uh, how to adapt to different leadership styles, yeah. um, which can lead to uh, demotivation yeah. uh, in a team. And so I think it's really important to highlight that as well. Yeah, and then, then the energy of the people. So Monday, they're still battling to get into the week. Tuesday, they're forced mm. to get into the week. Wednesday, they kind of do the work. Thursday, they're counting down, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> counting so, down. So, I, so it will be... If you lead a team, really, are your people super engaged from Monday um, until Friday? Mm. Um, and he says, big part of that is having super clarity on the just cause. Mm. You know, if you work through all the five elements of a just cause and kind of have super clarity on those, um, you know, your team is is, is going to be excited to to sort of work from Monday to Friday, um, potentially a bit longer. Uh, because what they do, it's, it's, it's that much about service, um, rather than sort of sorting out politics. Mm. All right. So should we jump into the fourth one? I think the second one. Yeah. So we were building a case there to say, you want to do all of these things because resources are finite. Mm. Um, they can, you can only have so much money. You can mm. only have so much, uh, uh, resources available to the team. But, um, this will is something you can tap into that possibly is infinite right yeah. so people can sort of that in um intangible motivation drive inspiration is key to uh to achieving your highest goals as a team and as an organization yeah yeah so then it's about building trusting teams ah yeah. so so here he's kind of saying that uh, there's a difference between a group of people who work together and a group of people who trust each other. And, mm. um, and, um, and you, you either, you're likely, most teams are, so they have these relationships that are transactional based on sort of mutual desire to get things done. Mm-hmm. And to build trusting teams, you want to go beyond that and kind of, um, tap into, and almost create an environment where there's enough psychological safety, where people can be vulnerable with one another, where mm. they, they start to feel this sense of trust. Um, and, and it's not something that you can demand. It's like, okay, guys, trust one another. Yes. Now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but you can create what you call sort of this circle of safety. Um, where, where you, even as a leader, you can, be vulnerable enough to say, hey, guys, I made a mistake. And that's where it starts, right? Where you as a leader are able to sort of show some of the vulnerabilities um, without the fear that, you know, your team will judge you or uh, or something bad is going to happen. Yeah, I think it's so good because it talks about how in a trusting team, people feel safe to raise their hands, admit they made a mistake, be honest yeah. about shortfalls in performance, and take responsibility for behavior and ask yeah. for help. 
It's really good. And 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 the the challenge here and the change in mindset for leaders is most leaders you know tend to say, hey, this is about work. It's professional. It's about getting the. Uh, mm. it's, it's about performance, and kind of think that feelings are. And not part of this whole game yeah, Getting right? things done Because yeah. either you can create A positive feeling Or or you can just let All the other negative feelings ruin the day Right mm. so as um as, as as people work together, people get frustrated, mm. people get angry, people get uh, disappointed, people mm. get overwhelmed, and all of this. Feelings exist, so you might as well um, kind of channel and create an environment that allows for sort of positive, productive. Trusting feeling uh, to imagine the team, mm. and I love that he quotes um, Brene Brown. Yes, which <laughs> people should know that I've been asking Wanda for us to unpack a Brene Brown book <laughs> for a few weeks. <laughs> but he quotes her when she says, "Trust is the stacking and layering of small moments and reciprocal vulnerability over time. Trust and vulnerability grow together, and to betray one is to destroy both." Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so you got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you got it. Um, uh, so, so you got it. We, we're going to do a Brene Brown, uh, uh, book in the next you heard couple. It, yeah. This is a commitment. This is a commitment. In the next Live. couple of, in the next couple of weeks. Um, so, 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 so on this building a trusting team. So what's key is, um, allowing and being recognizing that we as humans we come not just as performance machines but we mm. come with emotion and um and uh we we do need to feel protected so it's great to kind of create this cycle of safety if it were uh, where you invite your team members to kind of Join in in having vulnerable conversations, and this is a long journey um, where where we start to just peel off the layers and t- kind of talk about some of the things that that we experience and, and some of the things that break trust in the team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. One of which is what he calls ethical fading, um, where 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 over time, you know, we start to allow some ethical and seemingly small, you know. Pushing of boundaries in pursuit of sort of making, you know, performance targets, mm. especially these environments where we, you know, there's companies that pride themselves that in here we get a culture of pressure and you're high demanding and we're driven for incentives. Sometimes that environment might create, um, you know, this, this ethical fading where we just, just lie a little bit or just, you know, kind of ignore one of the one of the guidelines a little yeah. bit, and and people don't go unethical like a switch, yeah. like um, on and off. It's a it's a it's a burn by burn, yeah. as, as you say. It's, it's that small eating away, um, in order to kind of get to some mm. some target. And once that starts, and other people are seeing this, you know, the the trust in the team starts to. Yeah, and I think sometimes when people talk about vulnerability, they think about emotions and think, you know, work is a professional space and we shouldn't be emotional. But I think what I like about how he phrases it is he's saying, you know, we can't turn off our feelings. It's not about being unprofessional, but it's about saying that the same way people can come to work happy, that we need to create space for people to come to work sad or disappointed and are able to express it and not feel... um, 
that somehow is going to reflect poorly on, on their professionalism. Exactly. And it's just this idea that we just almost think that humans are robots. You know, they'll just mm. rock up there and then everything else doesn't matter. It's just about the spreadsheet yeah. being completed and, and, and the sales being made, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. And I think as leaders listening in to, uh, uh, for this show, it's just to kind of say there's the... As humans, we come complex with emotions and the, and the rest. Yeah. And I think it's such a big, um, safety as you, as you say, and as Simon says, because I think the ability of when, for example, just thinking of an example that I have of when I just realized that I wasn't going to meet a deadline that I had promised to meet yeah. and just that safety to, to message the manager and say, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know I said I was going <laughs> to say, but this is actually not going to happen. Yeah. And to feel that they would then protect me from the, you know they yeah, would sort yeah, of say yeah. okay we'll just tell the person it's not yeah. going to be ready yeah. and not feel like it's going to be yeah. going to get a demerit or something <laughs> <laughs> because and I didn't do that and that it doesn't reflect on the breadth of all my other work yes, it's yes, just yeah. one moment one mistake you know and one I'll, missed I'll, deadline and I want to just kind of also pause here and just think about deadlines right so let's say we say hey uh, when can you get that done right mm. then you say mm, uh, I think Next week, Thursday, right? Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, because uh, you, you just sort of like guess it. <laughs> Especially some of these, um, some of this work, um, um, th- some of the work we do, you know, in, uh, where you're gonna write a, a report or you're gonna, uh, I don't know, do something. You don't quite know, you know, like how long does it take you to write? Let's say it's a ten-page document, you know. Mm. What's the, what's the page per, uh, per hour or something like that for you to can even guarantee that the idea was Thursday? Mm. So what we do is we like, I think next week, Thursday, then I take that as the truth, right? And then we're going to f- now hold you to like next week, Thursday, as if there was any signs mm. that, that led to, to the next week, Thursday as a deadline. Then we like, Shoot you down for something that you were like, mm, I am guessing next week Thursday. Mm. So to, to then go and be hard on you saying, Hey, I can't make Thursday as if, you know, it's a reflection on your character and your performance. Um, even though, you know, the Thursday was an, was an estimation, it also doesn't make sense. Mm. Um, mm. and, and finite minded leaders tend to kind of just, Take your estimated deadlines and they kind of make them all of you. Mm-hmm. Very good. Right. So should we do the second one? The third the one. Third. I, I, I yep. like this one. Um, I think, um, cause it talks about you almost want to sort of study. He calls them your worthy rival. Mm. The idea here is, you know, as a company, you have, um, you have other companies in the industry that are kind of maybe doing something similar as yourselves. Normally, you know, uh, most finite minded leaders think about beating the competition. Like, you know, we must like, you know, if we are in the life insurance business, you know, we must like be better than those ones and we must beat them and we must be number one. We must be all of that. And you can't say, Kind of challenges the thinking to kind of consider them as worthy rivals, mm. right? Where, where it's, it's, it's the companies you kind of, kind of compare to, um, and, and you study, 
uh, not so much to beat them, mm. but so that you get better. Mm-hmm. Um, because in this journey, you know, one quarter, they will do something amazing. You're like, mm, that's, that's <laughs> good. <did> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I remember we were, we're doing some work with the client and, uh, and, 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 uh, you know, part of the, 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 the whole meeting, they, they put up a slide and, uh, I like that is, Absolutely excellent. They're like, yeah, it was done by that company. <laughs> so, 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 so I'm like, yeah, that's very good. I, you know, like, and, and then, and what that does, it really forces us to think about how do we improve instead of thinking mm. about that company, which is supposedly our competitor. And, um, you know, it's, it's a rival where you're like, yeah, they do that well, you know, mm. yeah, those guys. Do you like strategy well? Mm. Like, mm, yeah. And then you learn something from that and then you get better. You mm. learn something from that and then you get better. Rather than trying to figure out how do I like beat and the win. other strategic consulting firm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's, really that's this concept of uh, study your worthy rival. Because mm, then it leads to improvement over time as opposed yeah. to, you know, we win this. Yeah. We win this year. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, what's the next? Yeah. And really <laughs> the, the outcome is exactly the traditional competition forces us to take an attitude of winning. Mm. Uh, but a worthy rival inspires us to take on uh, an attitude of improvement. Yeah. Which is, hey, and, and sometimes you just look at this and you're like, yeah, they did that better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just have to acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that, that was a great product. Um, they explained that piece well. Mm. Uh, that, 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 that strategy piece was a lot more coherent. I can learn uh, a thing or two from that. Mm. And that, therefore, because this idea of competing and winning and losing, it really is exhausting in the end, eh? Um, yeah. Because uh, it's, it's like a, in a, in a soccer, in a game, for instance, you know, mm. one team scores, the other one scores, and then your scores. It's just emotionally hard to do that as a way of life every single day, mm. trying to win, um, life. And this is something you absolutely cannot win. Yeah. Whereas focusing on improvement keeps, Improving keeps you focused on your mission and what you guys are there to do. When you see other people doing well, rather than saying, okay, how do we beat them? Or for other people to see us as better than them, but rather saying, how do we uh, more uh, greatly and intensely focus on what it is that we're good at and and improve in that? Absolutely. And they, Mm. they remind you also like of... They kind of just keep you also on your toes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Right? Like, uh, when you're not trying to beat them, like, you're just like, okay, oh, they just did that. That's, that's, that's cool. Mm. We it's, were settling a little bit. <laughs> we do it to, to, to get our egg together. Yeah. 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 And you actually see it, like, when you look at certain products, uh, out there in the market, when you see, like, this is a product that's similar to them, the, the products where you can see they don't see each other as competition, but rather as worthy rivals, even yeah. in their advertising and yeah. how they do stuff. And it makes it exciting for, uh, yeah. The Consumer, when you when you watch that as well, <laughs> yeah, and 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 it's, that's that's where that's that's where there's some healthy competition if mm. we were to use that way. And sometimes in there you find areas of collaborations with mm. the supposed uh, competi- right. yeah. uh, competitors, yeah, um, because some both of you might have like a, this monster um, just cause that's similar, but you know. Just for this quarter, they did they did a, b- a better job than you, and uh, and it's gonna force you to go innovate and think about how how to be better. Mm-hmm. 
The, Great. The fourth one. Yeah. Okay, we are making good progress. Yeah. Um, we we spent a whole show on just one last week. <laughs> you know, on the fourth one. Um, right. So the fourth one talks about uh, prepare for existential flexibility. Mm. Such such big words, big. right? Um, and the idea is that um, with an infinite sort of mindset. You kind of say, you know, I'm here to advance a just cause. And sometimes there could be internal or external disruptions that, um, sort of you should be prepared to change the business model, mm. um, so that you continue to pursue your just cause. Mm. Sometimes mm. technologies change that necessitates for you to say, all right, codec, let's shift. You know, we are, we're in this business of kind of creating memories and, and, and kind of capturing moments, et cetera, et cetera. That's what we're trying to advance as a course. We can put down the film and kind of move towards digital and um, kind of photography, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, most companies and most leaders that have got this finite kind of way of thinking, they're all, they're stuck largely on their f- current business model and are not prepared to say, here's my just cause. Oh, I love this piece of technology or piece of process or our current business model, but the world has changed. Yeah. And therefore let's kind of flex our muscles a little bit. And kind of pursue slightly different business model, still advancing that just cause. Yeah, yeah. And he calls it a, a, a flex. Yes. <laughs> An existential flex, which I, which I really like. I really like that. Um, but I, I really like it because I think it's about... Um, you know, you have to have, I suppose it's also about when you have good diverse teams, they, there are people who will then bring this element into yeah. it because he talks that, you know, it is offensive when, when yeah. the idea of like, oh, we're going to shift and like change and, or try this new thing. But, um, when he talks about this existential flex, he talks about reveling in disruption, that yeah. if disruption comes, it's not like a fear. You don't approach it with fear. Yeah. You sort of say, okay, how can we, how can this make us better? How yeah. can we find, yeah. you know, how can we become more of who we are yeah. in this, in this environment? Absolutely. Because, which you saw a lot of in the pandemic, but there's still some businesses that are still Still wanting to go to 20, 2019, right? Yes. They kind of with the slight, with the slight reopening, um, mm. and you know, you know, some businesses that are kind of being coming back online again, they are still wanting to adopt the good old same 2019 model. Mm. Um, and the world has shifted. Eh? Mm. Um, so, and, and some business may have survived barely through the two years. And maybe if you're listening to us and potentially this might be the opportunity to say, Hey, um, be, op- be obsessed with the big purpose, the cause you're, 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 you're sort of advancing and less so about the product and the system, the model. Um, and if things have changed, you know, flex with it. Yeah. Um, entrepreneurs, right? Uh, you know, if you kind of grew your business in a certain way, and the world has changed somewhat, 
it's time to flex yeah um uh, for some businesses for some business owners who are listening to us yeah and i like that he makes the di- the distinction that it's not about the sort of shiny yeah, object yeah. syndrome you know <laughs> yes, yes, yes. um i think i heard someone um say a colleague was talking about the beautiful distraction yes 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 you know, so it's not it's not about that it's no. it's that it's that ability to say so it's not just about here's the new thing we need to do this and everything shifts yeah, yeah, yeah. all the resources shift everything shifts <laughs> to that towards that new thing but rather you know when and he says when it Existential flex happens. Um, it's clear to the team why yeah, and yeah, how yeah. this leads, like the just cause yes, that yes, you spoke yes, about yes. of why why this really is still part of yeah. the mission of and, what we what we do. And and um, with this mission, we can almost see that if we continue the same path um, and continue with the same model, we are no longer as effective anymore to drive the mission. Therefore, mm. it's time to flex. Mm. I, I, you know, I, I sometimes see businesses where you can see it's going in the wrong direction, mm. but, but people are still holding on. Uh, and you say, Hey, maybe it's potentially time to turn things around because your mission is too big for you to just hold on to this product in its current form. Mm. Um, so it's, I guess, uh, in, in, in Simon's next language, it's time to flex. Time to flex. Yeah. And that it's not always times of disruption because I know we, we just referenced the pandemic, yeah. but he also does say like sometimes it can even be when things seem to be for everyone else, like, Oh, things are functioning really well. Yeah. But like the person with that existential flex can see that if we stay on this path, we're actually yeah. not going Grow or improve, yeah. Um, and so here's the time now to, to, to do something to different. Take a leave, yeah. Um, and and uh, obvi- obviously, just I think worth emphasizing that you know, let's not fall into that other trap as well of just say, oh, there's a new t- trend, yes. oh, there's like a new thing, and oh, it's for for IR tie or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So so um, you know, there, there's that trap. Uh, but I think that there's probably more businesses that are hurt by not flexing mm-hmm. than by chasing shiny obde- objects, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, because you know, we just hold on to uh, to what used to be great, uh, and also. You know, if we if we turn this personally to kind of say, hey, uh, what has sort of worked in the last, um, I don't know, couple of years? Uh, is there an opportunity perhaps to flex your career and kind of take a path maybe that an- enables you to kind of hit and, and achieve your own personal purpose, mission, uh, pursue and advance your own personal just cause. Um, cause I see some people also just holding on to certain careers or certain ideas or certain, you know, Models. approaches mm. to, to life that maybe it's due for a flex. Mm, mm. Great. It's interesting. We're going to land it. What's the final one? So, number five. We're moving here. We're moving. <laughs> uh, the final one is the courage to lead. Mm, mm, and mm. this, you know, he almost gets the conclusion of this book with, uh, um, with the, uh, the best way I can describe is it's almost like a manifesto, if it were. Um, and, and from here on, it, it kind of goes into like a, like a, like a manifesto type, uh, um, uh, talk. But anyway, so the courage to lead really is to kind of, uh, um, recognize that this will require courage to adopt this mindset, mm. uh, to move away from just kind of, Hey guys, let's just get the numbers done. I mean, I, I've seen some corporates where, even the conversation to say, guys, let's talk about our purpose 
what is our purpose beyond profit? To stick your head out and have that conversation in some organizations is hard, yeah. right? Uh, some organizations, you know, like yourselves, you know, they are largely just, you know, birthed out of a really big just cause, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, where you work, it might be a lot easier. But in many organizations, you know, some of this were started, you know, and just, you know, let's make money. Mm-hmm. Um, and the numbers are ticking. So to have the conversation of what's our just cause, you know, that's, that's a whole courageous act on its own. Um, and it might, you know, it, it might be a little bit risky for you to kind of pull back and say, guys, no, we don't just want to, um, yeah, just make widgets and sell them and, and make money. Uh, let's, mm. let's explore why we, we exist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you'll need courage to, to start working with people differently, allowing for space of where emotions are all welcome rather than kind of these robotic, um, environments to stick your head out and kind of start to allow, uh, you know, all of who people are to, to come to the fore. Yeah, um, yeah. That's really good. That's really good. I think that um, he talks about how it takes the courage to lead to make decisions counter to the current standards of business. And it yeah. takes the courage to lead to ignore the pressure of outside parties who are not invested in yeah. or believers in our just cause. Yeah. And so really, yeah, being courageous about this is what we do, why we do it. Yeah. Um, and that leads to what you talked about really earlier around trusting teams, referencing ethical fading. It's also yeah. around the courage to say, you know, and so we're going to live by these standards yeah. of how we operate as well. And that takes courage too. Yeah. Um, because it could mean that you have a year where you're not as successful yeah. and that others might look at that in a negative way, but you know, you know, we've stayed the course. We've, we've stuck we, to our course. We, we stayed within the, the, the boundary lines, mm. even though there were opportunities to just stretch the, the boundary line a little bit. Um, and also takes courage mm. to have these, um, to have the flex, right? So, yeah. so, so you can imagine you're, you're in middle management and, and you can see where this is going and, uh, and to stick your head out and say, guys, we need an existential flex here, mm. uh, because our just cause is that big and we're holding on to a technology that's, um, that's far behind. We are holding on to a product that's no longer fits the market. Um, and, uh, y- you know, uh, it was this week I was having a conversation around, uh, uh, also on this courage thing, cause it also takes courage to treat your, your, your team and train them and, and kind of grow and develop them. Yeah. And you know, I thought this was an old idea that, so I was kind of challenging, um, a certain leader to say, Hey, you gotta start thinking about how you train and empower and develop these people. Um, for, for whatever the, the reasons. And then, and then the person kind of says, yeah, yeah, and then they leave, right? Mm. So uh, just that courage to say, Hey, are, are we going to pour into our people? We're going to invest into our people. If they leave, they do. Um, because that's, that's the courage, you know, to kind of pour into, um, a possibly unknown future. Mm, mm. Um, you, you can, you can develop people and then they leave. And then we kind of said the old answer, you know, like, so what if you don't train and they stay? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they continue to perform the way they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's a different courage, really. You actually see when real rents and sense are in, 
at stake where people are like, yeah, to train them is going to cost me this much. I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, and what if they go? I'm like, yeah. What if they stay and they continue to perform at this rate and we lose that much more? That's so good. Um, You don't lose anything during that. Yes, yes, yes. I like that he points out how do we find the courage to change our mindset? Love. From Finite Infinite. And he says, he points out two ways. So one is we can, we can wait for a life-altering experience that shakes yeah. us to the core and challenges the way we see the world. Yeah. Or we can find a just cause that inspires us, surrounds ourselves with people who share the vision, people who we trust, who trust us, identifying the rival, etc. Everything we've laid out. Yeah. And he says that that way, the second way, uh, or he says the first way is legitimate because yeah. things can happen, shake us, and that changes our what kind of leaders we are. And we've heard those stories from different leaders around yeah. you know the world yeah. and in history. But the second one uh, gives us more control. Absolutely. Because then, you know, we're actually walking into things, yeah. you know, with, with clear vision, yeah. open eyes, yeah. like ready to tackle them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and just, you know, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's not great sometimes when these external disruptions happen mm. that, Shake us to the core Some mm. of it You know Comes with such Negative consequences mm. I think it's It's better to take The proactive approach mm. uh, As mm. he recommends You know I, I want to kind of Sort of Land this yeah. Almost the way He kind of does In some Afterward Manifesto approach <laughs> And I want to Kind of just read Some of these things And then we can Close it But um just to summarize uh, Simon Sinek Incredible book The Infinite Game um, and to really lead with the infinite mindset, you want to have a just cause, build trusting teams, study your rival, prepare for existential flexibility and have the courage to lead. But he kind of says, you know, our lives are finite, but life is infinite. Mm. And no matter how much money we make, no matter how much power we accumulate, no matter how many promotions we were given, none of us. Will be declared a winner of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, to mm-hmm. you know, to our lives, uh, to live our lives with an infinite mindset means that we are driven to advance a cause bigger than ourselves. We see those who share our vision as partners in the mm-hmm. cause, and we work to build trusting relations relations with them, so that we may advance that common good together. Mm. And to live our lives with infinite mindset is to live a life of service. Because mm. no one of us will ever be declared a winner of parenting or friendship or learning or creativity. Um, it's all in pursuit of service. Mm-hmm. With that, to serve is good for the game, for the infinite game. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think this, uh, this this book for me at least it just reminds me ever more that to live to lead is to serve. Amazing! That's the infinite game by Simon Sinek, <laughs> part two. All right, so we wrap great. that one up, and then super soon we're gonna <laughs> unpack a book by Brittany Brown Yay. just for you, Ngovile. But until then, go out there and super lead. And massive thanks to our sponsor, Holland Life Solutions. Cliffcentral.com.